Welcome to the Kingsway Christian Fellowship Home Service. We hope that you'll be blessed as you listen to this audio sermon streamed live from Melbourne, Australia. Kingsway Christian Fellowship is a family Bible-based non-denominational church preaching Jesus Christ, based in Wonturner. Visit www.kingswaychristianfellowship.com. Now here's Pastor Gary Fitzgerald. I'll be going to Pastor Gary. Good morning, church. And um, a welcome to everybody that has joined us this morning. And um, it's good to see everybody, especially in light of the times that we're living in here in Victoria. And um, it's been some uh, 230 days of lockdown in the last 18 months and probably another at least 40 to go before we, uh, no, I would say possibly more. So it is really um, weird times in which we are living in and the context thereof. And so, uh, but thank God, God is on the throne. God is good. And it's always a joy to be able to come together, at least on this platform and be able to share a word and preach the word of God and that we can all hear from God because that is so critical at this time that we want to hear from God. We want God's perspective. We want God's word uh, ruling in our lives, not the women opinions of men and all that's going on around us. So we thank God this morning for his grace. Now, I want us to uh, turn to um, Hebrews 12, which will form our text this morning uh, in your Bibles. And um, obviously, we're going to be looking specifically at a couple of verses there in verse 1 and 2, which I'm sure uh, we're all familiar with. But uh, we understand that the Bible compares or uses a number of metaphors in relation to the Christian life. And so one of those uh, is, is will be in our text where it refers to the fact that uh, we're, we're in a race. And as many have said, the Christian life is not a sprint, but it's a marathon. And really, yes, you consider the longevity of time uh, in our lives. Surely that is the case. It's a marathon. And uh, concerning the world we live in, um, it was A.W. Tozer who said that uh, the world is a battleground and not a playground. And so uh, we realise that more and more as well. And so when you compare the Christian life this morning to a race, the Bible will tell us that we need to have endurance. Or in comparing the Christian life to a soldier uh, and, and a battleground and using those metaphors as are used in Scripture, in Timothy there, for, uh, 2 Timothy, uh, the Bible says we must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And so the issue of heart, uh, endurance this morning is a theme that we find within the scriptures and we'll formulate the centrality of our text this morning because we have need of endurance. As you read the Gospels, you begin to see Jesus himself in two occasions uh, uh, he refers to the fact that we will be hated by all for his name's sake. 
And so he's talking about an immense hostility that will arise as a result of Christ's name and who he is and his purpose, and that as we identify with him, we will uh, suffer that reproach. And so he says that, uh, that we will, he warned us on two occasions to expect this, that we will be hated. And then he says these words, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And even in the Olivet Discourse of Matthew, of Matthew 24, Jesus, again, speaking about the beginning of sorrows, he says, and in which we are in, and uh, the, 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 the whole issue of what's going on in the world today fits into this category. And so in, in speaking about the beginning of sorrows, he talks about, again, he, these words, he who endures unto the end shall be saved. So we can see, and as we will see further, as we highlight, especially the book of Hebrews, uh, the issue of endurance is a critical factor. It's a critical quality, characteristic of the Christian. And so we want to consider it this morning and we want to encourage ourselves in the Lord uh, through the word of God. But let's get some perspective because we're, we're living in a uh, what we call the Western world and is called the, the so-called free world. I don't know if we can use those terms in recent times. And I use it quite loosely, uh, in fact, but nevertheless, that's what it's referred to. And so we today, we are facing challenges that we haven't had to deal with, uh, not in my lifetime, and I'm sure uh, others can uh, testify of the same. But um, so we have to put things in perspective. We are experiencing some serious uh, issues and challenges in relation to uh, serving God and the liberty to freely uh, worship and so forth. And there's things on the horizon as well, I might add, that are going to uh, encroach upon us. But nevertheless, when you put it into perspective and you begin to read God's word and you see the early church, uh, nothing that we're going through today compares to those early Christians and the persecution that they had to endure. And through the history of the church, you begin to read and see how many were suffering for his name's sake. And I'm talking about uh, tribulation, persecution uh, for his name's sake. And even today, Colm just made reference to those in Afghanistan. There are people in the world today who are suffering persecution for his name's sake and who are having to endure circumstances that we cannot relate to. We're dealing with our own, and I'm not diminishing them. They are challenges in and of themselves, but they're not in comparison to uh, those things of the past and those things that are happening in the present around us. And so it's important that we keep a right perspective, but at the same time, we must understand that we have we are called to endurance. Uh, we face just problems generally in life. I mean, let's face it: the Christian life is with is not without its problems. And so, uh, the, uh, in, obviously, now we're dealing with the issue of COVID and uh, the lockdowns and all that's going on in the world around us, and in, especially in Victoria itself, which is really unprecedented to my understanding on what's going on around the world. But, um, but nevertheless, um, there's uh, challenges in life and problems that we have to process that relate to relationships people deal with in finances. There's family issues. There's health issues that can uh, come upon us personally. And obviously we're dealing with a corporate uh, health issue at present in the world in which we live. And so all of these things encroach upon us. They touch us in a certain way. And so more than ever, we need a right attitude this morning towards high-pressured situations, a right attitude 
towards high pressured situations. And so what is that attitude? Well, the Bible's clear. We need to have endurance this morning. And so the Bible exhorts us to it. The Bible commands us to it, and the Bible speaks specifically on it. And so we want to uh, understand a, a perspective and entitled, I've entitled my message this morning, Run With Endurance. Run With Endurance. Because when we consider the book of Hebrews, and as we consider what Paul is writing here in the book, and we look at the theme of the book itself, uh, it encompasses a number of aspects, but one of those is clearly an, an exhortation to endure in the faith, to endure in the faith. And so let's read our text and let's get a bit more perspective from God's word this morning. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and verse 2. The Bible says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. I mean, these are encouraging scriptures this morning. But I want to just bring some context so that we can understand what is going on and why this is being spoken. You see, why uh, is there this exhortation? Obviously, we have uh, uh, the word therefore, which is tying together the whole uh, previous chapter and also that which precedes it, but the chapter of faith that we know is written there in the scriptures. But to give us a simple overview, just to understand, we're dealing with here the Hebrew Christians, okay? And I make an emphasis of that because this is in distinction from the Gentiles. Uh, the, 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 when we have the epistles uh, that relate to specifically the Gentiles themselves, as we find there in uh, Romans and uh, Ephesians and Colossians and things, uh, epistles of that sort. But the Hebrews is written to Hebrews, to Jews, and uh, who are facing their own set of circumstances. And, and so they were facing and they were under severe pressure at this point in their lives and in their Christian walk and in their faith. You see, uh, we know that the early Christians, when you read the book of Acts, they, they were enduring persecution for, his, for the name of Jesus Christ. And we see that, and this persecution uh, wasn't uh, just exclusive to the Jews, but it was uh, the Gentiles themselves as well that were believing on the Lord. And so there was a constant pressure that was coming upon believers in relation to persecution. And so this related to aspects of culture, the religious establishment, uh, the government, um, uh, and even as, uh, as personal as unsaved family and, uh, you know, friends or so-called friends, as Scripture tells us. And so it's undoubtedly, when you look at those contexts, the pressures can become immense for the believer because there's a cost in serving God. And so the Hebrews themselves now were at a crossroad in their faith and in their profession of faith and in their walk with the Lord. Because you've got to understand, these were, these were Jews that were grounded and rooted within the, uh, the Old Testament scriptures. 
who were waiting upon the Messiah. And so here now they have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. He has come, the Messiah in whom they have waited for, and they have believed upon him. They have embraced him. But they are still within the confines of the Jewish um, religion. They are still within the confines of Jewish custom. They're still in the confines of Jewish culture. And they've uh, kind of up until this point kind of, in, you know, uh, not had to face or deal with various circumstances in relation to their profession of faith in Christ and what the New Testament teaches and how it does away with those things that are related to the Old Testament and now ushering in and bringing those things that are new. And so here they are, they're at a crossroad. And so having remained within the confines of Israel and Judaism, they are now having to face rejection. They are now they're having to deal with the pressures and threat of persecution. There are family members now who are putting them under pressure who realize uh, that in believing in Jesus Christ means that you are not now partaking of those things that are done away with uh, and uh, have now been fulfilled, that there were only shadows of things that were to come in Christ. And so all of a sudden now they are, they are facing the reality of their circumstances and the pressure is building in their lives. And they re they re they've reached a point now where there's no middle ground. They can't, uh, uh, they can't face and stand in that middle ground. They can't sit on the fence in particular issues and they're having to process this and deal with those realities. And in doing so, uh, it is why Paul would later exhort them in chapter 13 when he says uh, that they are to go outside. He says, let us go forth unto him, unto Jesus, outside the camp bearing his reproach so in other words now that they are at this crossroad now that they are under this uh, uh, um, uh, pressure they have to make some choices and those choices means now that they're going to bear persecution now they are going to uh, um, bear a reproach for the name of Christ and they are exhorted to do that. Go outside the camp. Now it's time to separate. Now it's time to remove yourselves and don't identify with these things. But in doing so, they understood there was a severe, severe cross. So much so that there were those who were seriously considering turning their back on Jesus and going back to those practices because they couldn't bear the pressure or the cost that was, was involved because it would have affected their lives, their friendships, who knows, their finances, their work. I'm not, uh, but it would have, because the Jewish tradition was so ingrained in their life and culture, it would have affected them. And so they were, they were weighing up whether they wanted to bear that cost, whether they wanted to go outside the camp, whether they wanted to bear that type of a level of reproach. And so you can see here now, when you paint this picture, that there is a need for endurance under such circumstances. And in so many ways, uh, this this whole the, the principle of what we're dealing with here applies to the church age, to churches, and to individuals, even up to today. Now, our text says, "Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses," you see, in Hebrews eleven, we know that this is the chapter of faith that the that Paul is referring to those who virtually endured hardship 
And when you read those, all those referred to in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, you can't help and see that they suffered immensely for their profession, for their belief, for their convictions. And so having their turned their back on the world, they suffered immensely as a result of these things. But you see, this is, this is a group of people who had faith. And the hallmark of that faith was their endurance. And you know what? The fact is, it's not only are they commended for enduring, but they are commended because they overcame. Okay, so they just didn't endure. They overcame through endurance. And so this is important as we consider these things this morning. They obtained a good testimony, the Bible says, through faith. They, they counted him faithful who had promised. And so the Hebrews were being exhorted by Paul to endure because when you look at, when you look at their forefathers, when you look at the history of the nation, there is a, this characteristic of those who faith and endurance, faith and endurance. And therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, there are so many that have gone before us, church, when you read the Old Testament, when you look at the New Testament, when you look at church history and you, you see you can't but help but regard and take note of uh, those that have gone before us and therefore we must consider them and draw strength and encouragement from those because if when we consider their faith, when we consider their endurance, then how much more can we and should we endure in our circumstances. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, the Bible says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And so let us just, I'll just touch upon these two aspects, but every weight, sometimes there are issues in our lives that are holding us back from fully surrendering to God. Sometimes there are issues in our lives that are holding us back from obeying and doing what the will of the Lord is. And so sometimes we have to examine ourselves and what weight is it that's hindering us from fully obeying the Lord or fully pleasing him and fully doing his will. And so we have to put aside every weight that holds us back or weighs us down from doing God's will. And we are also exhorted to lay aside every sin that so easily ensnares us. And again, I say, what is the sin that would be uh, that we are vulnerable to? What is uh, that we individually uh, may struggle in in our struggle against sin? Because the Bible tells us that God has given us grace, He's given us power, He's given us dominion over sin. And so, again, we need to lay these things aside through God's power and through God's grace in our lives. But the exhortation here, as we see in chapter. Chapter 12, verse 1, is run with endurance. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You see, just what is endurance this morning? Let's read it in Hebrews 10, in verse 36. Now it says these words, For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. 
But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. And so, again, these are the words that precede the chapter of faith. And then we follow on in chapter, chapter 12, verse 1. And again, you get a sense of, the, uh, of, of what's being communicated to these, these Hebrews, the need for endurance. That's what is required. And, uh, and that is associated and, and closely connected with their faith. Where there is faith, there will be endurance. That is how it, it works. And so, therefore, we need to run with endurance. And so the issue is, is that faith and endurance are closely associated and connected. You can't endure if you don't have faith. It's as simple as that. And you must have, your faith must be strong and it must be grow. Uh, grow. Yes, it, starts as a, it may start as a mustard seed, but it must grow and develop in the Christian life. Now, James also addresses this issue. So let's turn there. In James chapter 1, uh, again, James speaks, and he says in verse 2, My brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now, that word patience is actually the word endurance, okay? It's the same Greek word that's found in our text. So just keep that a mental note of that. So here it is, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance or patience. But let patience or endurance have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all uh, literally and without uh, liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways." And so you can see here that James is saying that, and we must understand that the testing of your faith produces endurance or patience. And so uh, this is an aspect that we can't avoid. It's a reality that exists. The testing of your faith produces uh, uh, endurance. You know, the truth is, is endurance just doesn't develop from thin air. It's not something that you just kind of grab off a shelf or add to yourself. The fact is, is something has to be wrought deeply within the soul of a man and a woman. And the only way that it is, it is wrought within us, and the only way that it is proven and developed is, is that when we come into various testings and various trials of life, it is there under extreme pressures that endurance is born and endurance is manifest and demonstrated. So how is our faith proven? How does our faith grow? The Bible says through trials. And how is uh, endurance produced? By the testing of our faith. And so in light of that this morning, I want you to stick with me because I'm going somewhere here. You see, when we think of the word endurance, we, we kind of associate that with perseverance. And in truth, that, that's connected with it. That's an aspect. No doubt we... But uh, endurance and perseverance are not exactly and exclusively the same. And so in perseverance is a part of endurance, absolutely. You know, we've got to push on, not give up. Absolutely, it's a part of that. 
but it's a little bit more that's associated, and we're going to get to that in a moment. But I just want you to draw your attention because, again, we find this word perseverance in Romans chapter 5. But just to point out, the word perseverance here in the Greek is the same word endurance that we find in James and we find in our text in Hebrews 12. So let's read it. Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces endurance or perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. Mark that down, okay? This is very important. Now, verse 5, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's given to us. But there's a reiteration again of this principle that we're just uh, identifying, that not only that, we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, or endurance, and that produces character, and that produces hope. You see, you can't, we can't ignore these, these critical aspects that are being identified. Now, let me draw your attention now to James chapter 5, because, again, we find the word endure and persevere, but, again, it's the, uh, this word perseverance is endurance. Let's read it. Verse 11. He's speaking now of Job. And he's talking about being patient and persevering as we wait for the coming of the Lord. And in verse 11, he says, we, Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You've heard of the perseverance of Job. That word is endurance of Job, the same one that we've just been touching upon. And seen, in the, and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. You see, the reason now I want to just draw your attention to this because James is referring to uh, uh, and highlighting the need for endurance and perseverance, and he's using Job as an example. But it's not just Job himself that is an example of which he surely is. But there are two words that are used here in this particular text. It is the, you, it says, we count them blessed who endure, and you have heard of the perseverance or endurance of Job. Now, the reason why I've highlighted this scripture and the reason why I want to highlight these particular words, because, again, when it comes to the Greek, and I want to bring this distinction so that we can understand a bit more clearly, there's two words being used here, and there's, um, there's the root word endure, and then there's the word endurance or perseverance. And so I want to bring that distinction because there's two words, two separate words that are being utilized here. And to understand the Greek and the subtleties thereof helps us to get a clearer perspective of what James is saying and what the Bible is teaching us. Now, this word perseverance or endurance that we find here, and that's in our text and the ones that we've just referred to along the way, is from a Greek word. It means in the Greek, hupomeno. That's the English phrase of how to, how to say it. I'll let you Greeks sort that out for yourselves. But uh, for me, it's hupomeno. And the reason why I can make the emphasis because it's a compound of two Greek words. And those two Greek words literally is hupo, which means to, um, uh, to, uh, to, to be under or under, 
and the word meno means to stay. And so this is important when you consider what the word endurance means. Remember, it's not just perseverance in terms of pushing on. But this word means hupomeno, uh, when you put the two Greek words together, under and to stay, it literally means to stay under, to remain, to bear, to have fortitude, to persevere. So perseverance is manifested in the fact that we remain under the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the tribulation, the trial, the testing, the pressure of what we are enduring and going through. Sometimes it's like, Lord, just take it away. You know, Paul the Apostle was, uh, was, uh, was uh, ill. We, you know, he talks about the thorn of his flesh and in a different context, but he, he pleaded with the Lord three times and the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. And he endured uh, through his physical condition. That's the nature of, of endurance and all of its different. We had to remain under those circumstances. And this, the Lord allows for this in his sovereign will and purposes. But you see the Greek word going further in the Greek, uh, the Greek dictionary, the idea is to remain in one spot, to keep or hold a position or to bear up courageously. Okay. So it's not just, again, there's, there's an attitude that is being manifested here. When we talk about endurance, when we talk about perseverance, we're talking about not just a position but an attitude or a disposition of heart and mind that is inherently connected to the word. There is a determination that is associated with the word to be steadfast, unwavering, unflinching, an inner conviction of, of truth and reality. In other words, I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care what the Lord allows. I don't care how much pressure I come under. I'm not budging. I'm not moving from this position. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to hold fast. I'm going to speak the word of God. I'm going to speak the truth regardless of what's going on. I'm not going to compromise and I'm not going to uh, disobey the Lord. Now, Job is a perfect example, wasn't he? I mean, when you look at Job, and what the Lord allowed to come into his life. So that the pressure was so great that his wife said to him, Job, curse God and die. I mean, she couldn't handle the pressure. And uh, being the weaker vessel, maybe that was part of it. I'm not sure. But nevertheless, the reality is, is that Job was under immense pressure. Think about it. His children's died. His cat has lost everything. He's now his health's been afflicted. He is at a place. And his wife says, just curse God and die. And he says, no, blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord taketh and the, giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be his name. And so in other words, Job endured. He endured. He, he remained in that position, but he had a determination of heart in which, regardless of the pressure, he was not going to budge. He was not going to curse God. He was not going to charge God with wrongdoing. And so, again, I want to draw your attention back to Hebrews 10. I read it before verse 36, but listen to what it says in verse 35 and 36. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, for it has great reward, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Don't cast away 
your confidence, for you have need of endurance. Now, I want to bring your attention now to this second word, because we looked at the word perseverance in, that we've been considering, but it comes from this root word in the Greek as well. I mean, I'm sorry, not the root word, the other word that's being used here in the Greek, and it's the word hupomone with an E on the end rather than the O. Again, these are the little distinctions. But let me define it for you as defined in Vine's Dictionary. It says cheerful or hopeful endurance, patience, patient continuously and waiting. Now think about that, cheerful or hopeful endurance. You see, in our text before, it said that, that uh, in, in Romans, it said that perseverance produces character and character produces hope. And so when you think about that, when you talk about endurance this morning, we're talking about a cheerful or a hopeful disposition as we work through and endure the circumstances which can be horrific or extreme and difficult. And it may seem a little contrary, but this is, uh, this, 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 it is a contradiction because we don't walk by, by, by sight. We walk by faith. And so here we have this, this expectation or this exhortation to be cheerful and hopeful, to endure. You know, I had, I was, when I was preparing this message yesterday morning, I had a brother make contact with me via text and he said hello and, and uh, expl- ex- ex- you know, uh, just sent a blessing. But he said these words and I, I wanted to read them and quote them. He said, hope you are greatly encouraged by all the events transpiring in the world Surely the trumpet will sound soon. Now, think about that. Now, in the midst of our complaints, in the midst of our frustrations, in the midst of our irritations, in the midst of all that's going on around us, and no doubt I'm sure the brother is feeling it like all of us, he says these words, hope you are greatly encouraged by all the events transpiring in the world. Why? How can we say that? How can we speak those words? Because... It lies in the fact, he says, surely the trumpet will sound soon. The reason why he can be cheerful and hopeful in the midst of such circumstances is because we're looking to the end. We're looking and holding fast to the promise. We're looking to that which is to come. And that's what's so critical. That's why we can look at these things and as horrible and as hurtful and as destructive they may be, we are hopeful because our confidence lies in the fact of what is ahead, what God has prepared for those who love him. And so therefore we can be greatly encouraged. We can be cheerful and hopeful under such difficult and challenging circumstances. Because I said to you before that when we talk about endurance, we're not just uh, uh, the Bible when it talks about a position of endurance or the posture of endurance. It's talking about us being an overcomer. And so it's not in the, in the context of defeat, but rather in the context of an overcomer. I'll give you an example in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. Paul writes and he says, if we endure... We shall also reign with him. See, there's, a, there, there's, a, there's an overcoming. And so if we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. 
And that's what Paul was saying to the Hebrews as they were weighing up. They were going to turn their back on Jesus. They were going to go back and not bear the cost of, uh, of their faith and of the, of the new covenant and all that related to, um, to serving the Lord and living for God. They were going to go back and not bear that reproach. And this was the warning that was to those Hebrews. But you see, uh, we, we are exhorted to endure this morning. We are, and if we do, we shall reign with him. And so I want to ask this question to us this morning. How is this possible? How can we endure until the end? How can we endure in such circumstances where, and people around us, as we've seen, those that have gone before us, this cloud of witnesses? Well, I want to point out two things, because what I'm talking about this morning, it doesn't rest in your willpower. What I'm saying to you this morning is not somehow, you know, I've just got to be stronger, stronger, stronger. No, you need to be strong in the Lord. Okay, so what are, the strength to endure this morning doesn't come from your positive thinking. It doesn't come from you just kind of willing yourself to endure. It comes from something far deeper and far more greater and sort of much more substance. And so in Colossians chapter 1, verse 11, listen to the scripture. Paul writes, he says, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Listen to that. So Paul is saying to us that we are strengthened with all might according to his power, and uh, as, as a result of that power at work in us, we are able to endure and be patient with all long-suffering and added to that with joy. Wow. That's why James says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. It's not something that's dependent upon circumstances. It's not circumstantial. It is something that comes to us from within and comes from the spirit of God. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. And that's the secret to our success, church. That's where the power lies. That's why we can endure. That's why we can have joy. That's why we can be cheerful and hopeful. Whatever it is that's going on, we have this perspective. We have this mind. We consider those that have gone before us, the cloud of witnesses, and we consider the provisions of God. Uh, I mean, God has provided everything we need. And so... We can suffer long. You know, can I just point out to you that word in, in, that Paul uses in Colossians where he says, with, for all patience and long suffering. I just want to quickly just point out in the Greek, that, again, that word long suffering comes from two Greek words. It means long, makros, meaning long, and tumos, meaning mind. And when we talk about endurance this morning, we're not talking physical endurance. I understand endurance in terms of athletics and physical activity and running and all of those things. But when we talk about endurance, we're talking that the mental side of things, long suffering in the mind, because that's where the pressure is building. It's in the soul and in the mind and in our thoughts. And so we need God's grace to strengthen that inner soul, to in that inner man. And he does. And we need to appropriate ourselves to that power this morning. So the physical aspects are one thing, but the mental aspect is another. We need to think according to God's word. 
We need to think according to that which is written. That's how we counted all the joy, all joy church. You know, again, that word count, I, I don't know, I keep going to the Greek words this morning, but I can't help but not. I don't usually go this often, but uh, there's just so much to draw from them. When it says count, it all joy. When James says that word count, it all joy, he actually is, that word in the Greek means to lead, to command, to have authority, to rule. And so the point is, is that we are not in a weakened position. I understand we battle and I understand that there is a struggle. Don't get me wrong. I'm not negating that. And at times you may feel weak. That is normal. That's okay. That's human nature. But what I'm saying to us this morning is when it says count, it, that, that dominion, that inner uh, control, that inner command and authority that we have is from the Lord so that we can rule in the inner man. That's why uh, one man said, I'm, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. We might be old and frail. The body grows old and wrinkly and all the rest of it. But I tell you, that inner man, he grows stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's why we can count. We can reason these things out. And the world can't do that. In the midst of the coronavirus, in the midst of death, whatever the, the situation is, they can't process those things. But we can. We can count it all joy because we know what's coming. We can run with endurance. Let me turn your attention to Revelation chapter 3. Go there with me. Paul is speaking to the church in Philadelphia. And we know that this church was commended. And that they were, uh, the Lord, in dealing with the, the, the seven churches, they were commended by the, our Lord Jesus Christ. And listen to what Jesus says to them. I'm going to read from verse 10. He says, because you have kept my command to persevere, or to in, the word is to endure, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. They'll be tested. We won't because we've already had our tests. We're already past the tests. Amen. Because we've kept his command to endure. We have kept his command to persevere. And then it says, uh, behold, I'm coming quickly. Verse 11. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from heaven and my God. And I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Jesus says, because you've kept my command to endure, you will not face that testing that is to come upon the whole earth. You see, church, if we, whoever endures to the end, shall be saved. This is the, these are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so you can, I pray that you're seeing how important it is this morning that we do endure because we are awaiting our full salvation. Thank God we've been redeemed. Thank God we are saved. Thank God we are washed in the blood. Thank God, uh, as Cole pointed out, as he read in Ephesians chapter 1, you do well to just ponder, meditate upon that. There's such security, the spirit that is a guarantee of until the purchase of the, rede uh, um, um, of the redeemed possession, until we, our bodies, amen, are fully glorified and translated. 
we have the spirit as a first fruits, the installment is a guarantee of that which is coming. That's why we have hope. That's why we can endure. Because not only will we win, we have already won church. And so we're waiting for our full salvation. That's why Paul saying, Titus, we are looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're waiting for the sound of the trumpet because we are waiting to get out. Amen. Whether through death and through the release of death to be present with the Lord or whether he comes. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And so when you talk about the cloud of witnesses this morning, we talk about those who ever came by faith and many of them even in death. Now, let me just, as I conclude this morning, I want to draw your attention back to uh, Hebrews, our text, Hebrews 12. We are exhorted to run with endurance the race that is set before us. I pray that you have some context on those words. Now, let's look at verse 2. Looking unto Jesus. Oh, looking unto Jesus. We are to look to Jesus in the midst of what's going on around us. Take our eyes off and look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Jesus endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. What was that joy? It was you and me, the church, the bride. The joy that was set before him was that is what was his inheritance. You see, we talk about our inheritance, but there's his inheritance, as Ephesians tells us in one chapter 1, verse 17, 18. His inheritance in the saints, that we're his precious possession. And so for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross so that he could redeem you and I. And so how much more, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher, if he endured the cross, how much more? And what's the joy that is set before us? It's him, our Lord Jesus, our husband. Amen. The head of the church, Jesus Christ himself, our saviour, our redeemer. And so we have a joy that's set before us. And in the same way Jesus endured the cross, we can endure whatever it is that the Lord would have us go through this morning because of the joy that's set before us. Jesus himself. Hallelujah. Consider Jesus. Look in verse, verse 3. It says that. Look at verse 3 of chapter 12. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You see, consider Jesus. Because when you look at anything that the Lord allows us to go through, and, and there are many brethren that have suffered deeply for the, for the cause of the gospel. And when you consider these things, we are told to consider Jesus. We are to consider the cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. Why? Because when you look at Jesus this morning, there is nothing that we have gone through that he has not gone through but more. And he, him, the Lamb of God, who knew no sin, and when you look at Jesus, you can say, whatever, whatever your will is, Lord, I'll bear it. I'll endure it. I'll go outside the camp and bear that reproach. Whatever the cost, I'll, have to, I'll, I'll make that sacrifice. And these are serious questions that we have to address. 
because that's why the scripture says don't be in the in 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 as a result of such hostility from sinners says don't become weary or discouraged in your souls so this is important when we talk about faith and endurance it's not compatible with with becoming so weary to become discouraged the word discouraged means to lose courage and the bible's telling us to be courageous and endure so don't be discouraged in your souls Consider Jesus. There's no reason to be discouraged when you consider him. We take strength and encouragement from from our Lord and from the cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. So now uh, here I am today. Let me run my race. Let us run our race. Let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, whatever that may mean and whatever it is that may lie ahead. We are exhorted to hold fast, to endure. And I want to close with one last scripture this morning. In um, um, in First Corinthians, chapter fifteen, verse fifty-seven, uh, Paul writes to the Corinthians as he concludes his letter. He says these words: "But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ." If I was in church, I would expect everyone to shout "Amen." And as you sit in your homes this morning, I pray that you shout amen, because thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. I don't care what it is that's happening outwardly. It doesn't matter. Paul says uh, uh, the contrast to what's going on outwardly to what's going on inwardly, they're worlds apart. God gives us the victory. And in verse 58, he says, therefore, my beloved brethren, Be steadfast. That word steadfast is sit. Sit. Don't be moved by the circumstances. We are seated in Christ in heavenly places. Sit. We are seated. And we remain in that place of rest. We remain in that place of stability. We remain in that place of strength. We remain in that place of confidence. Be steadfast. Immovable. And listen to this. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Doesn't matter what's going on, church. We're here to testify of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're here to minister. We're here to serve. We're here to do whatever God's called us to do and to preach the gospel to our generation and to minister to the saints, to strengthen them in their hour and support one another. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord or your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Everything that we do for Christ will will stand, church. When we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, only those things that are in the Lord will stand. Let us be, be steadfast this morning. Let us be immovable. My exhortation to us this morning is run with endurance, the race that is set before us. May God bless you all. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you this morning. Lord, for this word, God, that uh, is for this hour. And, Lord, who knows what lies ahead, but we know, Lord, that things are on the horizon because of what your word tells us. But, Lord, we know that outside of that, God, there, yes, Lord, Lord, we are to look up. Look up. Look to Jesus because our redemption is drawing near and nearer. And so, Lord, enable us and empower us to endure unto the end. I pray, God, that you would speak to individuals and minister through uh, uh, through your word this morning. 
may you bless each and all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.